All right, we want to uh, greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, we're grateful to everyone that's here today, and uh, we look forward to sharing with you the things that the Lord have uh, laid on our hearts to share. All right, so if you have your Bibles, let's go to the 10th chapter of the book of Matthew. And I believe that whenever uh, God calls somebody and sends them to preach, that the world and, he, and God sends people into the world, his ministers into the world, that world has a responsibility to hear those preachers. Unfortunately, uh, we live in a day and age where uh, Everybody have their own word. Everybody can hear from God themselves, and nobody needs a preacher. That's, you know, uh, everybody got their own revelation and what this scripture mean and that scripture mean. And, but uh, God still sends preachers, and those preachers come with God's word. And, and when he sends those preachers into the world, the world has an obligation to hear those preachers and to believe those preachers and receive them. Does everybody understand that? And I, I believe that that's, that's part of the reason why, like the old people used to say, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. How many of you have ever heard that term? Hell in a handbasket. Because everybody got their own revelation and, and we don't need a preacher anymore, you see. And so, is everybody there in the 10th chapter of the book of Matthew? All right, we're going to start reading at verse 11. It says, And into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, now he's talking to his preachers, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go thence. In other words, till you leave there. Does everybody see? Now, the idea was this. If a preacher came to town, everybody wanted that preacher to stay with them. The reason being is because they believe what they read in the book of 1 Kings, the 17th chapter, that the man of God stayed with whoever he was with, Elijah, and wherever he went, the blessing of God followed him. That, uh, that the, whoever he stayed with, uh, the hand of God was with them, and they would not run out of food. They would have no lack. If their children were sick, they would be healed. If somebody in their household died, they would be raised from the dead. They understood that. And not today. People don't understand that. And so, but back then, they understood that the man of God, he came with the blessings of God, you see. And so, everybody wanted that man of God to stay there. Everybody. 
And so the Lord is telling them, when you go into a city, inquire who's worthy. Don't just take the first, first come, first serve. Everybody's going to volunteer for y'all to stay with them. But when you go into a city, you inquire who is worthy. Everybody understand? But it's, but it's just the opposite today, you see, just the opposite. Preachers can't be in nobody's house for too long, you see. Invite you over for dinner, if that. <laughs> and then mad because you stayed there an hour too late. And then wonder why they're struggling. I said it. <laughs> I'm, we're talking about God's word, you see. All right, let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 12, and when ye come into an house, do what? Salute it. In other words, greet it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come up on it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. Why? Because preachers change atmospheres. And he's saying if the people act right, then, then your peace will abide there. It'll, it'll stay there after you're gone. But if they act a fool with you or whatever, you know, act like they can't wait for you to leave or whatever the case may be, it'll go, it, your peace will leave with you. And whatever turmoil was going on there before you got there, it'll, it'll continue to be there. Everybody see? Just somebody having a right attitude about a preacher being in their home solved marital problems. Just having a right attitude. Just a, this is a man of God. Just something that simple. That fixed it. These people weren't doing marital counseling. Everybody understand? You ever notice that back in the Bible days, you, you reading this Bible, that nobody was doing marital counseling? Just had, they just had enough sense to want a preacher in their house. And that fixed a whole lot of stuff. Something that simple. See, today, we're living in a new age. People keep marital problems. <laughs> and all kind of other problems. Because they don't honor the men of God, you see. Mad because they got to give an offering. Or in their mind, have to. I pray we get it. Let's go ahead and keep reading. And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Everybody reading that? Why, verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of what? Sodom and Gomorrah. Now you see how much God honors his preachers? He said, if you go into somebody's house and they don't receive what you're hearing or into a city and they don't receive what you are preaching, shake off the dust of your feet. That's going to be a testimony against them. I see that. I see you shaking the dust off of your feet. And in that day, in ju on Judgment Day, it's going to be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah. And you know what they were all into. Whole cities are going to go to hell. Households are going to go to hell because some preachers shook off the dust of their feet against, as a testimony, against households and against cities. Everybody see? When God sends preachers, it's for a reason. It ain't just for you to just sit back and just figure out whether or not you want to accept it or whether or not you're there yet. 
Everybody understand? All right, so the, the 10th chapter of the book of Matthew, we'll start, keep reading at verse 15. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. <clears throat> All right, verse 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of who? Wolves. Do wolves get along with sheep? Do they become buddies and raise them as their own? What do they do? They eat sheep. And he's telling, now this is something I want us all to think about ourselves. I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as what? Now, and harmless as what? Now, this is something that I want us all to put ourselves in. He's telling us as believers to be as wise as serpents. That means you're not ignorant of his devices. You know exactly what the devil is up to. He didn't say act like a serpent. You be just as slick as the other person and then do them before they do you or outthink them. He said to be wise, be as wise as a snake. You know what a snake is, how they operate? What do they, what do they mostly stay at? What did the God command them that, that they were gonna roam the earth on? Their bellies, what does, earth, what does the earth have? Grass. That means they sneaky. You won't know a snake is around until he's right up on you. It's just their nature. They don't make noise, they ain't got feet, they're not walking. Everybody understand? And a snake will be smiling in your face. If you've ever come face to face with a snake and, and they getting ready to strike, they look like they're smiling. Except they're not. Do you know snakes don't have 20-20 vision like you? They don't see clearly like you? You know how they're able to figure out what uh, where to strike at? With their tongue. That's the reason why before they strike, their tongue is constantly going in and out. Everybody see? So he tells us to be wise as serpents, to know how they operate, to understand in, in everyday life what situation you're in, where the, I believe every believer ought to know how the devil is coming after them. Every believer ought to know. If you don't know how your enemy operates, then you're going to lose to that enemy. You have to, it's not enough for God to know. You have to know as a believer how the devil comes. How is he coming? If you are a true believer, he's coming. And it is your job as a believer to understand how. How is he operating? What is it that I'm getting caught up in? What is the next trap that he has set for me? That's your job as a believer to know the traps of the enemy. The Bible says that we are not ignorant of his vices. 
That's where we get our term from vice grip. A vice grip is a tool, it, it's, like, it's, it's just like pliers. But a vice grip, what it does is when, it, when you lock on a, on, a, on a nut or something, it's, it's locked into place. It's not dependent on the strength of someone's hand to hold it. It, it has a mechanism on the inside of it that causes it to lock on. And that's what the devil does. His vices, they're, they're designed to lock on to you. And so you can, when you take some vice grips and you lock them onto a boat or something like that, it stays there. You can go and eat dinner, and when you get back, it's still going to be there. They're not pliers in that sense where it depends on the strength. In other words, the devil don't have to stay there with you and keep his, keep his hand on the, on the pliers. He has vices. They lock on you, and he can go on about his business. The idea is for you to keep him from locking those vices on you. You see. And so it is our job as believers to be wise as serpents, to know how they operate. Now, I'm going to tell you what part of that means. The part of that it means us as believers examining our lives, how we were when we were out in the world, and how the devil was using us. Because nine times out of ten, however the devil was using you, that's the same way he'll come for you. Everybody understand? Yeah. <laughs> so we become wise as serpents. In other words, we know how the devil is going to operate. We know what his plan is. We can see him coming down the road. We're supposed to know that. Now, I, I tell you, you know, I believe some of us are what we call willfully ignorant because we like those vices. Oh, I didn't know, I didn't, everybody understand? I didn't know being over some man's house at 10 o'clock at night was going to get me caught up. I'm sorry, God. Yeah, you like those vices. Everybody understand? You're not ignorant. <laughs> So, but look at what he says. Now, we just read about earlier, we read about how the Lord is telling his disciples how they're going to be mistreated. That there'll be some people that reject you. But look at what he says. Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Now, that's the name of this message today is harmless. If we're going to be believers... I believe one of the traits that we need to have in our arsenal is being harmless. Does everybody understand? We have to be harmless as doves. Now, let me explain why it says as doves. You know, most animals and birds especially, they have what they call galls on the inside of their bodies. The idea is they can, a gall allow birds and different animals uh, to digest junk food, stuff that they don't need. Everybody understand? But 
when I was growing up and we wanted to eat what they what people call junk food, I don't know what they call it today, but when I was growing up it was called junk food. You know why it was called junk food? Because it didn't do your body any good. It, there were no nutrients in it. You just ate it and you, you got this, this, you know, it tasted good to your mouth, but your body didn't necessarily, it didn't do your body any good. Your body just passed it along. Everybody understand? Your body could take nothing from it. It, it. There was nothing good from it, and so your body would just pass it along. And in fact, you'll notice, you'll know when you're eating junk food, because when you're done, an hour later, you're still hungry. Hunger is not your stomach being empty. Hunger is your body needing nutrients. And so junk food don't do nothing to that. The only thing junk food does is give you a temporary good taste in your mouth, but your mouth does not digest the food and send it to, to the nutrients to the different parts of the body that it needs to go to. All it is is a good taste. Everybody see? And so what gauze does is it gives the body the uh, ability to digest that junk food. Does everybody understand? But a dove does not have that ability. The only thing a dove can eat is dove food. It, it can't just eat slop. So it has to watch its diet. Does everybody understand? <laughs> just like believers, we have to watch our diet. We, we can't eat on all the junk that's on TV. We don't, as if we are going to be harmless as doves, we can't digest all of that junk. Does everybody understand? You may say, well, Brother Bowden, I watch the show, and, uh, you know, ain't no cussing on it. I'll tell you, the devil got a whole lot more in his arsenal than cursing. Is the wife arguing with the husband on the show? Everybody understand? Yeah, the devil got all kind of ways to poison people, and what happens is when you, when, if you continue to feed on that junk food, <laughs> it becomes a part of you. You develop a taste for it. Not doing you any good, spiritually so. But that sure was a good show. That was a good plot. Everybody understand? So we're supposed to be harmless. Now the problem is this. When you digest, when you take on some of this stuff that the devil has for you to take on, it makes you harmful. David tells us in the book of Psalms that he will set no wicked thing before his eyes. God is not telling people turn off the TV. He's saying don't feed on what the devil has for you on that television. David said in that same Psalms that it will not cleave to me. In other words, he understood if there was a television back then, he understood if I'm watching junk food, it's gonna cleave to me. That's gonna be who I become. Does everybody understand? 
So we're supposed to be wise as serpents, in other words, know how the devil coming, and uh, harmless as doves. A dove is a gentle natured animal. Gentle natured. So we're talking about, listen, we're talking about two different extremes. To have the mind and to understand the devil, but at the same time not be like him, be the complete opposite. Having a mind to see the devil and to know where he's coming from, but not playing the game or trying to fight him at his own game and try to beat him at his own game. We, go, we beat him by being harmless. And the church is full of people that's got to prove to the devil that they're just as smart as he is. That's not being harmless. Does everybody understand? So let's define harmless. It means to, to affect or to injure, to inflict anything detrimental to one's looks, comfort, health, or success. I can't tell you the number of brothers who I've talked to, not only in this ministry, but people around the world who they say the ex same exact thing if they're dealing with a contentious wife, they can't pray in their home. Hard for them to pray in their home. Hard for them, they got to leave. That's, that's worldwide, we've been hearing that for years. I got to leave to get peace. Everybody see? Why? Because the, the contention is harmful. So we're talking about <clears throat> inflicting discomfort. Often stresses the inflicting of pain, suffering, or loss. Everybody listening to that? Implies inflicting a wound to the body or to the feelings. Now listen very carefully to this one. Suggest injury <clears throat> that lowers value or impairs usefulness. Suggests <clears throat> making less complete or efficient by deterioration. Everybody see? And the Lord is telling us to be the opposite of all of that. To be harmless. And I'm going to tell you, only God can balance that. To be as wise as a serpent and yet harmless. Everybody understand? To have a fist as big as your head, but to be harmless. God, and that's what God calls for us to be as believers. And I'm going to tell you something. You can't be harmless and proud at the same time. Because pride got something to prove. 
Pride says you're not going to get over on me. Pride has to prove that it's as wise as a serpent. <laughs> Let's go ahead and keep reading. He says, but beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. Everybody see that? Look, let's read that again. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. Everybody see that? Why is he telling them that? Let's go and keep reading. And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, everybody see. You notice what he's saying there? They're going to deliver you up. Go with them. Everybody understand? Go with them. And he says, when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak. In other words, you ain't already rehearsed on your job somewhere. If they say this to me, I'm going to say that. They better not try me today. I only got four hours of sleep. So when you're harmless, you're not rehearsing the fight. You're not rehearsing how. Ooh, if this and that. I'm going to put them in their place. I'm telling you, whatever you rehearse, it's going to come out. You'll be sitting in jail. Man, I don't know what happened. Somebody was talking to me. The next thing I know, it was blood all over the place. Everybody understand? And you standing before a judge, judge, that wasn't me. That was somebody else. Well, both of y'all going to jail. You and whoever else was there. <laughs> Everybody understand? That was my split personality or whatever. Well, both of y'all got 20 years. <laughs> Get him to serve it for you if you innocent. <laughs> that's the reason why people have these out-of-body experiences. Y'all know that's real. What that spirit of anger takes over, and, 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 it, and it can only take over like that when you have rehearsed. When you're not harmless and you have rehearsed, that's why it's important not to rehearse. Rehearse righteousness. If they do this, I'm going to love them. They're going to get sick of my love. That's If you're going to rehearse something, rehearse love. Everybody understand? <laughs> so verse 19, but when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye, ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. Everybody see 
And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents, and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Does everybody understand what he's talking about? He that remains harmless unto the end. You can't be put on a cross and, 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 think, and think that God is getting, giving you props that you were willing to go that far and then when you're on that, you're cussing folks out for putting you there. You have to endure to the end. Does everybody understand? You have to be harmless. You don't get credit for 95, Lord. You know, I, I put up with it for as long as I could. It better be forever. You have to be harmless until the end. If you're harmless until the end, you will be saved. Everybody understand? Let's go down to verse 24. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Everybody see? Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light, and what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear them which is able to destroy, fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body, where? This goes back to verse 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves even unto death. Now this is a hard message to preach to such a self-entitled generation. These Christians that we read about, who, the people who he's talking to, they were saved for real. You don't read about any turmoil in their homes. When somebody is willing to die for Jesus Christ's sake, all the little knick-knack stuff that you argue about, that's senseless. You cannot say that you are willing to die for Jesus Christ naturally. So if somebody just come and put a gun in your head and say, if you profess Jesus Christ, I'm going to kill you, 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 would, you would unprofess it. You'd be just like Peter. I'm accustomed to prove that I'm not saved. So you can't say you die a natural death for Jesus Christ naturally so. If you can't stand to hold your tongue for a few moments. If you just got to get your point across. 
If you got to prove that ain't no, you ain't nobody's doormat, <laughs> you ain't going to be a doormat for death either. Not for the name of Jesus Christ. These people were saved for real. You don't read about any turmoil going on in their home, turmoil going on in their life. Everybody understand. They were willing to die, for, and, and most of them did, died for Jesus Christ. They, in other words, their world was bigger than their home. We got a whole world to preach to. I want you to think about it. God sent 11 men after, Jesus, after Judas hung himself. He sent 11 men, and it was all on these 11 men to spread this gospel all throughout the world. It was on them. He had to start with them. When did they have time to argue about food? To argue about finances? Being mistreated? They didn't have time for that. They didn't have time to get offended. And you see, that's what that, that's what that dove can't do. If we're going to be harmless as doves, we can't, we can't eat offense. That's what that gall, how many of you have heard that term? You got a lot of gall. That's where that come from. You can get offended and then act on that offense. If you're going to be homeless as, as a dove, you can't get offended. You can't afford it. Because you know if, if, if a dove can't eat the same thing that a pig can eat. A pig can eat just about anything and he'll digest it, whatever. A dove can't do that because if a dove does that, it'll kill him. And if you're going to be as homeless as a dove, you have to know if I, if I, if for me to be harmless, I can't take that in. No, I can't be conversing with folks that's got fight all in them. I can't think it's cute to be the way I used to be. I have to be harmless. In other words, I, to the world, I have to appear to have food written on my forehead. And I don't care to what they see it. Because God has stamped wise there. To God is wisdom. To the world is foolishness. You just going to be treated like that? I sure am. Everybody understand? Because ain't nobody ever got anybody saved fighting with them. Everybody understand? So the Lord is telling us, don't, don't fear people. In other words, don't respond to them in the way that your flesh want to. You have to think beyond what's going on naturally. So think about what God has to say about how you plan to respond, what you've rehearsed in your head. That's the way you have to think. That's, that's being wise as a serpent. I got a God to answer to. I don't care what it looks like to everybody else that's sitting here in the arena watching what's going on. I have a God to answer to. Flesh is dead. That's what makes me harmless as a dove. Everybody understand? That dove, you know, 
How many of you have ever had just some bird just come sit on your shoulder? Just come, everybody understand? I tell you what, if it ever happens, you got to be as still as this podium here. For a bird to come sit on you, they have to believe you on, you're not alive. You just some statue. That's the only way that dove comes to live on the inside of you. You dead, and when something come along to try to, to, try to egg you on, you ain't moving at all. <laughs> Everybody understand? No, you can't be saved and have all that fight on the inside of you. At some point, the devil gonna pull it out. He gonna expose it. Everybody see? All right. All right, everybody still following now? All right, so now let's go to the uh, second chapter of 1 Peter. So we all understand what harmless, what the Lord is talking about when he's telling us to be harmless. That you will not inflict harm in any way. Mentally, physically, you, ain't, you don't have any fight on the inside of you. Everybody understand? And I mean natural fight. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And just, let's just think of naturally, so even with the civil rights movement, there were two sides to that movement. I'm talking about the movement in the 50s and 60s and on up from that. There were two sides to that movement. There was the, what they called the nonviolent movement, which was led by Martin Luther King Jr. And then there was the violent, that was the movement by any means necessary. You know, we're gonna carry rifles. We're gonna carry guns to get this done. And that movement is not what got laws passed. It was the harmless movement that did. It was the movement of not wanting to fight back. If you, you know, I'm, I'm a real, I, I really love documentaries. Right there in Nashville, where we come from, uh, they were holding sit-ins. Some of you know, even the man that just died, um, John Lewis, the representative, I think in Georgia. He was one of the people there in Nashville who was a part of those sit-ins, where they would go into places where uh, African Americans were not welcome and stuff like that. But do you know, before they did that, they had to go through training. There's video footage of this training, where it, they would be, they would go in to this mock sit-in and they would sit at a counter, but among their own peers. And they would have people in their faces hitting them and, and calling them all kind of names. These were people that were on their side, but they had to be trained not to fight back. Because they understood the, the moment one of you throw a punch, that, that quells all of this. That cancels all everything that we're trying to do. So they had to go through hours and hours of training where they'd sit and be called all kind of nasty names and mother, their mothers being talked about and hit and 
pushed upside the head and all of that, they had to go through that training so that they'll know I can withstand it when it really happens. And that's the way God does with us. We go through training. You can't stand to be talked about without railing back or you can't stand you know, a little unsettlement in your home without having to get your point across, you ain't ready to go to nobody's cross to die. You ain't, you're not ready to be put on the front lines for God. Everybody understand? <laughs> you're not ready, ready to be promoted. Get past the little stuff first. That's little. Everybody understand? Nobody's threatening your life in your home. You ought to be able to tolerate it. That is little. It, it's got a girl that's dead now uh, that was a part of the, the Columbine shooting. And I think they made a movie about her. And she was a, a known Christian and she professed Christianity. And one of those shooters held a, a rifle to her head and said, Are you gonna profess Jesus Christ now? If you deny him, I won't kill you. Well, she's dead now, so what you think she did? She professed Jesus Christ. Knowing, and knowing that he had already killed some other people. So if in your home, your, your husband, your wife ain't holding a gun in your head. All he's doing is saying little stuff here and there, the devil using them here and there, and, and you can't get over that. You're not going to stand for Christ when it really goes down. Everybody understand? Yeah, you have, to, you have to be willing to go through the practice run first. All you're doing is practicing and can't get over it. No, I just can't. I don't know what the problem is. I, don't, I can't get over it. And the Lord said, well, you just sit down until you can. Can't use you until you can. Can't use you and I can't use your mouth until you learn to keep your mouth shut. Everybody understand? <laughs> I use you to prophesy when you learn to keep your mouth shut. That's why it's got all these false prophets out here now. They mixing they stuff with God's because they ain't learned to keep their mouth shut. Everybody understand? All right, so everybody there, the second chapter of 1 Peter? All right, we're going to start reading at verse 11. It says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Everybody see that? Now, a lot of times when we see the word lust, we're thinking about sex. But that word lust is talking about any inherent desire. A lust is something that controls you. And so he's saying there, to, he's beseeching us as strangers and pilgrims. Everybody see that? As strangers, what is the root word of strangers? Strange. That's how you appear before the world. So look at what he says, I beseech you as strangers. In other words, you are strange and pilgrims. This is not your home that you should abstain from fleshly lust. In other words, live like you're strange. 
Why? Because these lusts, they war against the soul. It's like being a dove eating pig feet. It just, it ain't, it's just not going to go well for that dove. Everybody understand? Look at what it says, verse 12. Having your conversation, in other words, your lifestyle or behavior, honest among the Gentiles, and in other words, unbelievers, that whereas they speak evil, they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, in other words, they watching, glorify God in the day of visitation. In other words, the day of visitation is, is what for them? The day they get saved. So they, they're mistreating you, they're speaking evil against you, and when they see that you are harmless, that's what nudges them to give their lives to the Lord. I tell you, one of the best things you can do for somebody is be, be mistreated by them and not respond in an evil way. That's one of the best things you can do for people, to love them even when they're mistreating you. Everybody understand? Verse 13, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for whose sake? For the Lord's sake. In other words, everybody understand? This, you submitting to the ordinance of man is based, really, is based on your relationship with God. Whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. Why? For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. In other words, the devil always come to prove a point. What's the point? You're not really saved. You're not living this life you talk about. And so if you behave, you act according to God's word, it put their foolishness to silence. It puts their evil speaking of you to silence. Everybody see that? And it says that that's God's will. Verse 16, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. And that's what a lot of people do. They do all kind of stuff and then they want to throw God's name in it. I'm a, I'm a child of God. I'm not even a part of this. We got our own kingdom. We can drive without insurance, without a license. God ain't, there ain't nowhere in the Bible about we got to get a license, a driver's license to drive or insurance. <laughs> Everybody see. You know, we can have a liberty to do something. We, we got all kind of liberties that we can do. But listen, if we are true believers, we love people and we don't want to call, be a stumbling block to them. Let's think about and just give you two scenarios. Moses. 
The Bible says that he spoke, he could not go into the promised land because he spoke unadvisedly with his mouth. He did not honor God before the people. God told him to speak to the rock, and instead of him speaking to it to bring forth water, he smote the rock and he spoke to the people. But not nice words. Must I fetch water for you to drink, you rebels? Now, what was Moses' office? The main office, he was a prophet. And, and, and the children of Israel have been rebels ever since. Everybody understand? They've been rebels ever since. Jesus Christ didn't die. He was just a prophet. And just, he got out of God's will some kind of way, and he was killed. End of story. Rebels ever since. Why? Because Moses set that in motion. Everybody understand? So he had a liberty. He could, he could say whatever he wanted to say. But he should not have. And that's the thing. You, you got liberty. You know, and that's part of some of our arguments. God gave me a mouth. Yeah, to eat with. Everybody understand? <laughs> yeah, he gave us that mouth to eat with. And then we look at King David. After he left his kingdom, when his son took over, it was a man come up to him spitting on him and throwing rocks at him. This was the same King David who had killed Goliath. It was in his liberty to kill this man, and he could have done it, but he did not. He looked at it from another standpoint. Maybe God have bid him to do this. And maybe if I pass this test and not take off his head, God will see my affliction and have mercy on me. And I'm telling you, that's the way we have to, that's what helps to keep us harmless. God sees our affliction. The Lord says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. But you know what? Every time we talk back and we say something, we say, Lord, you ain't moving fast enough. I'll play you because you apparently sleep and don't know what's going on. And all we do is make a bigger mess and have to tuck our tail after we done come out of our, you know, rant. <laughs> after the other personality done laid down and died somewhere. <laughs> and we come to ourselves, we, what we have to do? I'm, I'm sorry. I just, you know, I, did, I, wasn't, I wasn't eating. I didn't eat breakfast. <laughs> You, you just caught me at a bad time. But, now, this does not say who I am. What happened? <laughs> that, that wasn't me. <laughs> and I don't care how you try to, because the Bible says, I know no man after the flesh. <laughs> I don't care how many scriptures you come with after the fact. That headache that you gave them, that not upside the head, that says something else. You ain't saved.
You almost won me to the Lord. All right, let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 17, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear. Everybody see that? With all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. In other words, the evil or perverse. So he's, he's covering both ends of it. You have to be harmless with folks that are harmless like you and gentle natured like you, but you also have to be harmless with those that's got it in for you. Why? For this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience towards God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. He said this is something that God gives you an applause for. When you're suffering for God's sake, for conscience towards God, you're enduring it. Just in other words, when you endure grief or whatever it is you're going through, for just you thinking about God, God, you know what? You've been through a lot more than I have. I can keep my mouth shut. I ain't got to talk back. I ain't got a point to prove. He said, now listen, suffering wrongfully for his sake. Everybody see. Verse 20, for what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults? ye shall take it patiently. But if, when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. In other words, you don't get brownie points for you baking a cake and then having to eat it. You don't get brownie points for getting yourself in a situation and then having to endure it. That, you, you brought that on yourself. That's just you reaping what you've sown. Everybody see Verse 21, for even, now let's read this carefully, for even hereunto what? Were ye called? I've had a whole lot of people call me, email me, text me, Brother Bowden, what you know what my calling is? Right here. This is your calling. Suffer for the Lord's sake. That's first and foremost. Everybody see that? For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was God found where? In his mouth. That's talking about bitterness, anger, maliciousness. Everybody see that? who when he was reviled, reviled not again. In other words, when they were speaking against him and stuff like that, he didn't come back. Well, you know what, your, your, your mama. Everybody understands. I'm the son of God, who are you? Everybody understand. When he suffered, he what? Threatened not. Everybody see? Now, to me, this is ABC stuff. This is not stuff that's just way up in the sky somewhere. 
This is stuff we are supposed to start off with. This is elementary. Uh, you know how to keep your mouth shut. All it takes is for you to be in the presence of somebody that you think can whoop you. You'll shut up real quick. But when you commit yourself to God, you fear the one that can send your soul to hell forever. You be harmless then. Everybody understand? But look at what that says, verse 23. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges how? Righteously. That's how we remain harmless. We commit all that stuff to him. Amen. Look at what it says, verse 22, who did no sin. So us, it tells us that for a reason. If we commit ourselves to God, we could say, well, Lord, I remember when I was that way. When we're getting mistreated, somebody mashing us up against the head, Lord, I remember I did that one time to somebody. Ain't none of us can say we were without sin. We, are, we can all reflect on how we're being mistreated. We can reflect on how we've done the same thing. So if we know that we've sinned in our lives, we can't say, well, Lord, this is not fair. It is fair. At the least, you can say, I'm just reaping what I've sown, Lord. Paul wasn't writing people when he was put in jail saying, well, y'all come bail me out of this place. I don't deserve this. He was reaping what he's sown. He threw people in jail. Amen. So he, was, he just flipped it. Well, Paul, a prisoner of Christ. Amen. Not Paul, somebody that don't deserve it. <laughs> Paul that saved and, and that was my old life and God forgave me for it. Paul, that was a persecutor, <laughs> but saved by the will of God. But guess what? Still in jail. Send somebody to visit me. Bring my coat that I left at so-and-so's house. Not, and and bring, some, bring me some scissors and some toilet paper so I can break out of here. <laughs> bring me some toothpaste so I can shank this person as I'm cellmates with. I'm going to endure it because I put it out there. Amen. I was that way. Everybody see? So, see, and that's the reason why I said that. But committed himself to him that judged righteously. The righteous judge is the only one that can say, you know what? You didn't deserve that, and they're going to pay for that. Your mindset should be, I deserve it all, Lord. And even if I don't forgive them, Everybody see? Yeah, that's the way, that's the life we're supposed to live. And I'm telling you, the only person that has a problem with forgiving people is the people that don't know their own junk. Amen. It's easy to forgive when you realize you had to be forgiven. Amen. The people that don't know how to add. <laughs> yeah, you add your own junk up and see what it weighs against somebody that's doing you wrong.
Verse 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Everybody see that? So it's telling us the benefit of what he did for us. By his stripes, we were healed. What if he had been fighting while he was getting those stripes? Verse 21 says that Jesus Christ left an example for us. So let's go look at that example. Let's go real quick to the 26th chapter of the book of Matthew. And we're going to start reading at verse 57. Matthew 26, verse 57. Everybody there? All right, we're going to start reading. It says, And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Now the chief priests and elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death. What did they seek? Liars. But found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. At the last came two false witnesses and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witnesses witness against thee? But Jesus did what? Held his peace. And the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said unto them, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of the power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He hath spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy. What think ye? They answered and said, He is guilty of death. Everybody reading that? Then did they split, spit in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palm of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is he that smote thee? Everybody see that? Did he tell him? I knew that was you, John. The Lord, see, the Lord showed me yesterday that you was going to do that. Wise as a serpent, but harmless. They hitting him. This, this, this went on for a while. Them spitting on him, hitting him. To the point, you read in the Old Testament, the Bible says they plucked out his beard where he no longer even looked like him and they done so much damage to him, he didn't even look like a man anymore. Everybody understand? And he just sat there and took it. 
Everybody see? You know why? Because he committed himself to him that judged righteously. Everybody understand? All right, now let's go to the 27th chapter of the book of Matthew. And we're going to start reading at verse 27. So we see that he's being mistreated. Now, listen, none of us are God. But that was God they were dealing with, and he had the authority and the power to just get out of it and chose not to. Everybody understand? Now, I want you to think about what that must have been like. Here he is, God in the flesh. He could, he could just think a word, think something, and he could change everybody's mind. He could have everybody just bound down to him and take everybody's free will from him at, 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 just at the snap of his finger, just because he could. That's what being harmless is. Being wise as a serpent, having the power to do something and not doing it. That's the reason why we worship him. He had the power to get out of it. Listen, don't you know he even had the power to redeem man without his own blood being shed? So some people have asked me, well, Brother Bowden, why did the Lord have to die then? Why, if he's God, why didn't he choose another way? To give us something to worship him for. Just in case we ain't got enough sense to just worship him because he's God. <laughs> Verse 27. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers, and they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. And after that, they had mocked him. They took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. Everybody see that? And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. Why did they do that? Because of all the mistreatment he had gotten, he was too weak to bear it himself. And he did all, he went through all of that. Could you imagine? They took a scarlet robe and put on him and mocked him, bowing down in front of him, making fun of him. And he's just sitting there taking it. Just sitting there taking it. Punching him in his face, pulling his beard out of his face. And he's just sitting there taking it. Verse 33, And when they were come unto a place called Golgotha, that is to say a place of a skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with what? Gall. What we just read in second chapter first Peter, there was no guile found in his mouth. Now, you have to look at this spiritually. This was something bitter. This was a bitter drink. What this is talking about spiritually is people will mistreat you to, to, and offer you, and that's them offering you bitterness. But look at what that says. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. I, I know what you're trying to do, devil, and, I, and I'm not going to have any part of it. 
I know you're trying to make me bitter. I know you're trying to make me harmful, but I'm not going to be that way. I'm not taking that drink. Everybody see? Verse 35, and they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. Everybody see that? So now he's on this cross. He's still alive on a cross and watching people gamble for his little clothes. And what if he had had this is not fair mindset? Well, that's not fair. Everybody see? And sitting down, they watched him there. So they, this shows you that they were doing it in front of him. And set up over his head his accusation written, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews, still mocking him. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads. So he's up there nailed to this cross, still alive, and, and that, they're not even done. We still going to make fun of you and mock you. And here you are half dead already. And he's up there not saying anything. Everybody see? And saying, thou that destroys the temple and buildeth it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priests mocking him with scribes and elders said, he saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. Everybody see that? He trusted in God. He, he claimed he was the son of God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. Everybody see that? And he's just sitting there taking it. Folks talking bad about him. And he ain't got nothing to say about it. He could have done everything they said. Oh, yeah, I'm coming down. I'm going to beat the mess out of all of y'all, and then I'm going to hop back on up here. <laughs> that crucifixion would have been in vain. I grew up hearing people say, I'm going to lay my Christianity down. If you could lay it down, you ain't had it in the first place. Jesus Christ stayed on that cross. Everybody understand? Through all of this, what, are they, what is the devil trying to do? Trying to get him to be harmful. Everybody understand? And that is, that is how we have to see things if we are believers and we're going to be harmless. We have to know what the devil is up to. We have to, listen, all the devil needs from you is for you to prove yourself. That's all he needs. Prove yourself. Prove, prove, prove. And the moment you get to trying to prove yourself, the moment you get to striving and I got to, I got to get this out, you feel like it's just burning on the inside of your belly if you don't say something. That's the moment you render yourself ineffective for God. You have no testimony when you're trying to play the devil at his own game. Everybody understand? 
I'm telling you, this is our calling to be harmless, to suffer and be harmless. Verse 44, the thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. Now from the sixth hour there was, dark, there was darkness all over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani? That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now you've heard me explain this before. This has nothing to do with the Lord thinking that God had forsook him. He was quoting the scripture. Um, I, think what we, I think what we read in the 22nd or the 21st number of Psalms. The, that, that number of Psalms, it goes over everything that the Lord is going to go through when he's crucified. And so all he's doing is pointing them back to that scripture to show them what's going on. He did not believe that God had forsook him. Everybody understand? So let's read verse 47. Some of them that stood there, when they heard that, said, This man calleth for Elias. Everybody see? You notice he didn't say anything to that? I'm not calling for Elijah. When you're harmless, you don't mind. It ain't going to kill you or take your soul out of your body being misunderstood. Amen. <laughs> Everybody understand? It ain't the end of the world when you're misunderstood. Verse 48, and straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him the drink. The rest said, let be, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. Everybody see that? So he died is what that's talking about. Does everybody understand that? So he's dead. Now let's pay attention. Harmless completely now. Let's go ahead and read verse 51. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top of, to the bottom, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent. Who did that? The one who judged righteously. Now that he's dead and completely harmless, I'm going to speak for him. I'm going to tear this world up. Y'all a worship system? I'm going to split that from top to bottom? Immediately. And that's what God does for us when we're harmless. When we shut up. <laughs> when we're dead. He gets to shaking and moving stuff. Stuff that we couldn't do on our own. Everybody understand? Let's go and keep reading. Verse 52. And the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept. What did they do? arose, everybody see that, and came out of the graves, what? After his resurrection, and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now, everybody say now. When the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly saying what? Truly, this was the son of God. He didn't have to defend himself. He didn't have to keep telling them, I am the son of God. You need a healing? I'm, let me heal you. 
Even on this cross, I'm going to heal you. Just as, no, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to let you keep thinking what you think. Because that's going to be all the more glory for God when he get to cutting up after I leave here. Everybody understand? You see that? You see how his inaction convinced the people that were standing by. Yeah, this, okay, this was the son of God. Why? Because God himself is defending him. Everybody see? And we have to come to the end of ourselves and realize that is the point of us being harmless. If we're harmless, other people might actually not only get saved, but those that are saved get closer to God. We don't do God any, any good when we're playing him when we're taking vengeance for ourselves, when we have to get our point across. I'm telling you, that's the ABCs of crucifying flesh. Nobody's striking you in the face. Nobody's pulling your hair out of your head. Nobody's threatening you with death. And you still got all that fight on the inside of you. You just can't, even, can't stand to be misunderstood. That's pride. Well, you just got to make people know the truth. Like, I can't let them think bad about me. People are going to think what they want to think. I'm telling you, you're a harmful person when you got a point to prove. Everybody understand? What does it mean to be harmless? When you don't have to defend yourself. Because listen, what, is, what you don't see is what's going on on the other side. If I defend myself, I'm offending somebody else. That's automatic. Me defending myself is automatically doing harm to somebody else. Let God defend you. Everybody understand? And then don't be, and you ain't got to pray to God about it. Well, Lord, you know, I'm your servant. You, you're supposed to be taking care of me. And that's, that's supposed to roll off of your back. That's that not, not to even be a world you live in. Everybody understand? You ought to be more concerned with, with God knowing the truth about you than everybody else. Do you see what was going on? All this mocking that was going on? You know what they were trying to do? They were trying to pull on his flesh because they understood if we can get him to act out of character then it will totally undo what he's trying to do here they would not have come to the conclusion that he was the son of God if he had been trying to prove that he was the son of God I'm telling you it's something about, about being defenseless Everybody understand? 
There's something about not running your mouth, not getting agitated, not wanting to prove a point. It's something about having that gentle nature of a dove, just remaining pure and unmoved by the waves of this world. You can have folks don't know you. If you sit there and take somebody's misbehavior, folks that don't know you will come to your defense, maybe in their own little natural way, but folks, I don't care how much of the devil they are, folks can't stand a dove being picked on. And what they'll do, they'll sit back and watch. Do you got some fight in you? Okay, well, you can handle it. I thought I was going to say something, but you saying it, so that's fine. <laughs> now you think about God that died for you. You think He gonna sit back and let and let somebody just mistreat you and you ain't doing anything wrong to them? That's the reason why we're supposed to pray for our enemies. And now you know the Book of Proverbs even go as far as to say, and when you see God start to get them, don't rejoice. Said because you're rejoicing in that, he'll remove his hand off of them. He'll, he'll stop whooping them because you're rejoicing in it. And you got to love all the way through. You can't be sitting back waiting, okay, so now you're getting it. I'm, you know what? I, now you know who I am, don't you? Everybody understand? Yeah, this, this, this life has to be lived all the way through. Love don't... Love don't in when somebody finally getting what's coming to them. <laughs> Everybody understand? You have to do like we were doing when we were growing up. It, when uh, we were catching whoopings, uh, and the boys were in one room and the girls were in the other. And the boys, we'd be in the room catching a whooping. And Mama be swinging that belt or the switch or whatever. And I'd be thinking, wait a minute, now this has already been three minutes. If my brother was catching his first, it's already been three or four minutes, and I'd get to jumping in, you know. And mom would say, she give me a couple of this, get back, you know, because here was my thinking. If she whooping him for three and four minutes, that means I'm going to get it for that long. And let me cut his whipping short. <laughs> So what I do, I backed up. <laughs> yeah, we were playing double dutch in there. <laughs> and then when one of us didn't jump in, we'd be asking, why, why you didn't jump in? Why you didn't, you know? That has to be our mindset. We don't want God whipping people. Amen. Everybody understand? Because we know we were all in the same boat. Amen. Yeah, we don't want him whipping people, so let's be harmless for the sake of Christ. And if we're not, let's pray to the Lord to ask him to get us to that place where we are absolutely harmless. No matter what, it, what we read in the book of Matthew here, this last chapter, it was to show you all of this pushing that the devil was doing. All of this shoving that he was doing, all of that was designed to give, get him to give up his nature. 
as the Holy One of God. All of it was designed, let me get you to prove yourself. All of it was designed to do that. And, and that's the way you have to be wise as serpents. You have to know when the devil come for you, that is the purpose of it. Let me push you. Let me keep pushing you until you defend yourself. So God don't defend you. Let me keep shoving you and shoving you and shoving you until you act a fool. Listen, you don't act like nothing that's not on the inside of you. What you see displayed, that's not some other being jumping on the inside of you. That's who you are. The idea is to be harmless to begin with. Everybody understand? That is God's desire for us. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this word that we've heard today. Lord, we thank you for making it plain to us. And God, we pray right now that you will help us to line up with this word, Lord. Help us to be harmless like your word says. Lord, show us where we may be coming up short in our hearts and our minds, Lord. Show us, Lord, where the offense may be, where that bitterness may be, Lord, that's, and that anger that causes us to want to defend ourselves. Lord, help us all to lay all of that down and to pick up humility, Lord, so that we can walk like you and be like you. Help us, Lord, to know when the test is coming. And Lord, we pray that you will help us to be prepared, Lord. Help our minds to be stayed on you. Help us to not eat the gall of bitterness, Lord. The offense, Lord, help us to put all of that down and help us to be pure like you've called us to be. Help us, Lord, also to have a mind to suffer like you suffered. Help us, Lord, not to think it's strange to suffer. But help us to know, Lord, that suffering is a part of our calling. Help us to pick it up, Lord, without being angry and bitter. Help us, Lord, to get rid of this unfair mindset so that we can become soldiers for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. All right, so what we're going to do, um, today we're, we're going to go ahead and be dismissed, and if the law say the same tomorrow, we'll meet back up for, we'll meet up to discuss what we've heard today. But today I want us to go home and meditate on what we've heard, and the families to discuss with your family members um, what you've heard, and uh, maybe go back, and if you have any questions, uh, write them down and we'll answer those questions tomorrow concerning this message. But now I'd like for us to just go on home and chew on what we've uh, had fed to us today with our family members and to discuss these things and then we'll come together tomorrow if the Lord say the same and we'll talk about it. All right, so if that's all now, we're dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.